Listen up, Fins fans. You are now tuned in to All in All Fins, the Ultimate Fans Perspective Podcast, brought to you by your host, Nick Emperado. You know what it is, man. All right, so I just want to start in a little bit of uncharted territory because it definitely can get a little sticky when it comes to Colin Cowherd. I can uh, coward. I don't want to say coward, but I think it is cowherd because it's the herd. Um, and he basically was, you know, he's infatuated with Tua. Um, he always picks like that one player that he's super infatuated with, um, either for a good reason or a bad reason, because he was super obsessed with like Johnny Menzel and um, Baker Mayfield. But anyways, he basically said. Um, if two is ready, you have to start him. Um, and the reason being is the NFL is, you know, he says the NFL is adopting a lot of college schemes. Um, and a lot of the coaches nowadays are young coaches. So I, I don't necessarily agree with that as far as um, the way Brian Flores thinks, and especially with a 70-plus-year-old Chan Gailey um, being the offensive coordinator, I wouldn't say that just because he, um, you know, they adopted some college schemes that they're going to start him right away. Um, number one, it's got to be a health thing. And number two, um, and I've gone through this, I, I did a whole episode on it. There's a lot that needs to go into it. First, the offensive line and how they're meshing, the running game, the wide receivers, because there's still some question marks there. Um, and what if Ryan Fitzpatrick just plain beats him out? You know what I mean? He came off a huge season. I think we talked about it. It was probably his second or third best season of his career. And he was on the worst team probably in NFL history um, as far as a front-to-back roster goes. So um, I, I guess, like, basically he said um, within 10 to 12 games, you know what you have in a guy. But... I think that right now you don't know what you have in the rest of the team around him. And if you go throw him out there week one and he gets blasted because the O-line's not right, and if they get it right on the first try, I'd be surprised. I'd be surprised if the starting five week one was the same starting five week 17 this year. And obviously there's injuries that factor in there, but if there was no injuries somehow – I would be very surprised if the same five, you know what I mean? Because you could see Robert Hunt moving around. You could see Jesse Davis moving around. You could see, you know, probably Teddy Karras is probably going to stay where he is. I think I feel like center to left tackle is probably going to stay the same, but you don't even know if for some reason Julian Davenport somehow beats out Austin Jackson or whatever. So I just don't think there's any reason to throw him in there. I, I've said it before, I would be just as happy as – if uh, Fitzpatrick brings us to the playoffs this year, so I don't know what you think about it, but I mean, yeah, like what you said, you don't want to throw him in there too early, especially with how the offensive line played last year. You don't know what you're gonna get at the beginning of this year, so you know Tua has has injury history. You don't want to you want to keep him as healthy as possible. You don't want to put him in there, have him get hurt, and then Fitzpatrick ends up playing anyways, and you know who sits out the rest of the year or something. So if he's not ready, if the offensive line's not ready, um, just keep Fitzpatrick out there. You know, he's older. Let him get banged up a little bit. But uh, I, I don't think he'll be starting week one. Um, and right now, like, in my head, like, I, I see Fitzpatrick leading and playing week one. And honestly, I, I'm ready for Fitzpatrick to start the whole year. And I'm excited for Fitzpatrick to start the whole year and see what he could do with this team and this and all these additions that we have and let Tua sit for a year and then have Tua come in next year. Um, it, you you got to give or take. Yeah, it's good for a player to sit for a year or two and learn behind somebody, but there's nothing better than game experience and playing live, you know, then. So it, it's a give or take. Um, but I, I think week one, year one, uh, depending on how the season goes, probably midway. Um, maybe you put two in at that point, depending on how the team's doing and how Fitzpatrick's doing. But I think first half of the year, at least, Fitzpatrick goes out there and is, is QB1. Right, and I think Kyle Krabs was talking about this today on his podcast, which is Locked on Dolphins, um, one of the more popular Dolphins podcasts out there right now. And um, he said 
you know, let's say they start two and four or something like that. You know what I mean? And the season's still salvageable. You know, I know, like, I think he was saying that if they started two and four, they would, or it would be the week that the Chargers come to Miami and probably Justin Herbert's the quarterback at that point. So, you know, starting off there where he, you know, you can get a win at home and, and get him rolling in the right direction. But again, there's just so much going on in the quarterback room between Fitzpatrick playing the way he did last year, Tua obviously being a high draft pick and the being the player that was coveted in Miami for two years. And don't forget, there's still Josh Rosen. You know what I mean? He's not going to be a practice squad. I don't even think he's eligible to be a practice squad quarterback. And um, there's nothing saying that he he's a first-round quarterback, top 10. There's no reason why if he was to ball out and for some reason he's got a handle on the way Chan Gailey runs things because a, a big reason was I think Chad O'Shea had a lot to do with bringing Josh Rosen in and then they throw the encyclopedia at him and he can't handle all the information. Who's to say he doesn't s- strive in this offense? So with a running game and a better offensive line and uh, confident Devontae Parker and a healthy... Jakeem Grant, healthy Albert Wilson. So I just think there's way too much going on, and and I would bet money that there's no way Tua starts week one. No way. There's yeah, this- I mean, all points well said. I, I agree. I don't think there's a chance Tua starts week one. And I don't know if I really want Tua to start week I one. I don't. I'm excited for Fitzpatrick, dude. I, I, have, yeah. a, I have a Jarvis Landry jersey, and, and I want my, my girl to make me a patch for it because she has like a cricket or whatever those things are. I wanted oh, to make yeah, a Fitzpatrick, yeah. um, uh, like name tag for it, so I can cover it up and have a Fitzpatrick jersey for the year. <laughs> That's sweet. Um, but yeah. So, anyways, let's get into what we're going to talk about today. Um, it is um, the basically we're just going to come up with some versatile players and and just show you what kind of team Brian Flores and and Chris Greer are building. Um. Because it all is centered around that. If I could pick one word to describe what they want, um, you know, I would say versatile, versatile, whatever, um, is probably the best way to describe what they're looking for in a player. And then, like, you know, a good teammate, hardworking, dependable, um, stuff like that. Because you have that um, takes no talent wall that they had to run and touch during training camp if they made a mistake. Um, You know, just being there for their teammates basically and not making stupid little mistakes that hurts the team but um they're 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 desperate for people that can play multiple positions and step into other positions because there's it's just there's too many injuries and too many players that don't pan out and and you got to have depth to play into february so um i think it's a good topic if we if we just pluck some players out and and uh, decide where, you know, what they can do and how they benefit the team in more than one position. Yeah, um, you can't go wrong with a guy who could play multiple positions, who could do more than one thing for your team. It just makes his impact so much bigger if he could do different things. And and it confuses the other team, whether he's on offense or defense, because you don't know what this guy's going to do. If he's going to rush, if he's going to cover, if he's going to go for a pass, he could line up in the slot, play running back, like, it, it, it confuses defenses and offenses if you got a guy that is so good at multiple things rather than a guy that, like, no, is only going to do one thing most of the time. Or maybe he does on something else, but you're not really afraid of it. Um, so there, there's quite a few versatile players on this team. Um, you want me to start? Uh, yeah, go ahead. All right. So for me, at number one uh, is Jakeem Grant. Um, Jakeem Grant's been posting. I know you've been retweeting it. Uh, he's been posting. He, he's Dude, done with just being. A, yeah, he's done with being a return guy. He wants to be a receiver. He wants to catch the ball. He Please wants do. to get some yards. And he's got the speed. He, you know, he's he's five six. Um, so he's not gonna win jump balls, but his, his speed will kill you. That's not true. Um, he dubbed that okay, dude. Right, right. He did. He. That I will never true. forget. Right. That. <laughs> he dubbed that guy. That is true. But, yeah, um, in general, in general, I know what you mean. <laughs> got me there. You got me there. But, um, yeah, I mean, he's just so fast. Like, 
a lot of people talk about Tyreek Hill. He's actually a little smaller than Tyreek Hill. Um, but Tyreek Hill's speed, everyone talks about how fast he is. He's so hard to cover. He's such a good route runner. His cuts are ridiculous. Um, if Jakeem Grant can do that, you know, I think Jakeem Grant's faster. Um, he needs to work on his route running. He needs to work on his uh, footwork as far as cutting and double moves and, um, and, and faking out a, a defender, um, you know, during the route. So if he could do that, you get him um, in the slot. You put him maybe even in the backfield on a stretch play or dual reverse to get him in open field, a screen pass, uh, even even still in the return game. Because I like Jakeem Grant as a returner. I know he wants to be a receiver, but I think if you could get him like maybe on, on punt return or kick return, maybe not both, but one or the other, just so you could still get him the ball in open field and let him make a play. Um, he, he could he could be scary for a defense if if he works on that route running. Um because like I said, you get him in open field, he's going to burn you. And he might even run you over. He's done that too. So uh, he's a guy that I'm excited about. I know we've talked about him before. Um, so that, that, that's a guy that I, I think can be very versatile and and scary and helpful for this offense. I guess I didn't realize how much taller Tyreek Hill is. He's got four inches on Jakeem Grant. So they honestly, besides their speed, they got really nothing in common. But I agree. Um I think that they need to find somebody to return punts that is not named Preston Williams, and that does not mean go let Devontae Parker return punts. Um, I, I Like, there's plenty of people on the team now that can return punts. There are plenty of people that you can name. Um, and he needs to return kicks because he's, he's explosive. You know, when it was him and Kenny Drake back there, you didn't it didn't matter who caught the ball. There was a chance that it was going back for a touchdown. Um and he looks fast. He looks he looks right. So if he can just get a hold of this playbook, I really think that he if he can touch the ball ten times a game, I think he can he can earn himself a continuation on this contract. Because uh, he's basically in a contract year. Basically after this year, there's an out on his contract. So if he doesn't step it up, you know if he can't stay healthy. Most of all, if he can't stay healthy. Um, that's probably going to be because you know he's good for one or two kick returns for a touchdown this year, no matter what. Yeah. So I think keeping keeping on the offensive side, I think somebody that I think is versatile and that will be huge, even if he's not a starter this year, is Jesse Davis. Um, he's shown that he can play left tackle on a whim. I think he played all of training camp, all preseason at guard and right tackle. And then he had to jump in and play left tackle after the Larry Tunsil deal. So week one, he had to play left tackle, and I think he played really well. He's played right guard, which is his best position. And then he had a pretty decent year at right tackle. And, and there's nothing more important in this league than a swing tackle. Because how many times does a tackle go out for a game or a series or something like that? Um, or, you know, and, and, and there's a reason he got that contract extension because he's a leader in the in the locker room he's he's a veteran presence on that o-line which is you know you know they do have some veterans but you know I, I have a hard time with Ted Karras because he's only really started because of injury which wasn't even an injury the dude had blood clots and um you know he had a decent year so I understand why he got a little contract like a prove it contract but and then Eric Flowers has been up and down his career so uh, Jesse Davis is a is a Miami guy, and he he's um, shown that he can be um, he can do whatever the team asks him to. So I think we're lucky to have somebody like that as a, as a depth guy. I don't necessarily love him protecting to his blind spot for the future, um, but for right now, we're lucky to have him on on the O line. Yeah, I completely agree um, with his ability to play everywhere on the offensive line besides pretty much center. Um, it's going to help out a lot of these young guys too with Austin Jackson and Robert Hunt because if you know if they think Hunt's a guard, then you put Jay Davis at tackle. If you think Hunt's a tackle, you put Davis at guard. And and honestly, that might even be better because Davis is better at guard. And you could put a younger guy like Hunt out at tackle and have him learn that position. Um, but if somebody does go down, he could he, you know he'll probably be the first guy to move around, even if he's starting or not. Um, if he's not starting, he'll be the first guy to go in. If your left tackle goes down, he'd probably kick over. Um, and that's a guy that, like, I, I feel a lot of people are, are confident in and, and trust that wherever he's going to play and whatever he's going to do, whether he's starting 
or not. Um, he's going to give 110%. They're going to rely on him. Um, and he's just a leader, and he's going to help out a lot of these young offensive linemen that we <clears throat> invested on early in the draft, as well as Eric Flowers, who we um, signed. So he brings a lot to this team, not only with his versatility in the offensive line, but his work ethic um, and, and, the, and the mental aspect of the game. Yeah, I, like I said, we're we're lucky to have a guy like that. Yeah, for sure. <clears throat> so for me, my number two guy is a guy we just drafted. Guy I've talked about a lot. I like him a lot. Brandon Jones picked him in a mock draft. <laughs> I'm Texas. never gonna stop flexing on that. <laughs> just saying, predicted that one a long time ago. I predicted two uh, once or twice. Okay. <laughs> um. Yeah, Brandon Jones. Uh, he was a team captain in college. Um, he's just a guy that works hard. We've talked about what he did before the combine, getting all the playbooks and everything. Um, but he, he's a guy that he could play in the slot. He could play both safety positions. Um, and I, he could even play in the box. So this guy will literally play all across the DB room. Um, he's going to come in big. I'm really excited for him because – with his ability, you could you whether he starts or not, um, you put him in for Bobby McCain when it's a running situation, so Bobby McCain doesn't have to come and make those plays because he's not the greatest in the run game. But you put Brandon Jones in um, to get extra run support, but you could also put him in the slot opposite of Noe Benagi. You know, have four corners if you will out there, but he could also help out Eric Rowe um, and learn from Eric Rowe and to cover the tight ends. So like this guy, I think is like the perfect. He's going to be like a perfect mold, and Flores is just going to, like, use him so much. Um, he's uh, a lo- he's really good in zone coverage, better than man-to-man. So if you could even put him over the top and have him just make plays uh, and come up and make plays, I think he'll be really good in that. Um, blitzing from the outside. Like, I, I, they're just – for Brandon Jones, I don't know what he can't do, really. Uh, it's just a matter of fact if – if uh, if he gets the opportunity, which I think he will. Um, but like I said, slot corner, both safety positions in the box. Like, I don't know what I, – I can't think of a more versatile player than Brandon Jones, honestly. Yeah, I, um, I think it's going to be interesting because I don't necessarily know besides – like he is versatile, but I don't know – like when I was looking at safeties, there was just so many people that jumped off the paper – that fit the defensive mold and what we really need at this time more and how the defense is kind of projected. So, I, But but being that he is so versatile and that he can do so many things, he can be a big nickel. I'm sure he's going to be excellent at guarding tight ends, which is a huge thing in the NFL. I think it's so underrated, the fact that you have somebody on your defense that can cover tight ends because look at these dudes. You got Mark Andrews, you got Travis Kelsey, Zach Ertz, um. Uh, uh, George Kittle. Yeah, George Kittle. I mean, I mean, you got every team's got one guy. Mikey Sicky is coming up as one of those guys now. Um, so it's huge. I mean, the Patriots spent two third round picks back to back on tight ends. Tight ends is one of the most important positions in the NFL, and and Travis Kelsey is a tight end, and he was a third leading leading receiver, third leading <laughs> receiver in the NFL last year. So, um, if Brandon Jones can step into that role, and, and you don't gotta ha- worry about Eric Rowe being the long term answer for that position, that alone warrants his his draft pick. So if he can if he can. Um, show a big nickel and play play some free safety and play some special teams and do it all. Um, I have no issues with with him and I, I really hope he you know he's good high character guy so I hope he excels. Yeah, uh, you said high character guy. He on and off the field he's a leader. Um, and Flores loves his secondary players so clearly. Brandon Jones is going to be a guy he's. The coaching staff's going to be there. Flores is going to be there. They're going to get him attention. He's 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 really like a project. He has got raw talent, but he's got raw talent in a good way all across the board. Um, it's not something he needs to like just on one thing more or the other. He just needs to improve everything uh, as a whole. 
uh, to become the player that I think he really can be. And I hope, and I think Flores hopes he can be filling shoes like, you know, Rashad Jones uh, in the secondary. All I know is if, if this dude turns out to be half or if he turns out to be the player that you think he's going to be out of anybody else <laughs> I've ever talked to or listened to, um, you know, that's big and you're going to get credit for that because I have not heard anybody else, um, you know, speak high, more highly about him than you have. So um, hopefully that works out for you again because um, you picked him to be drafted. I'm pretty sure I want to go back and listen because I'm pretty sure you picked him in like the same exact spot he got picked. Um, but a player that I think on another one on the offensive side of the ball that people probably don't realize how versatile this person is, although they're the star of the offense, I think that it's underrated what he does. Um, and that's Devontae Parker. And, and this is not just based on his 1,200-yard season he had last year. In his career, I've seen this dude run every route on the route tree, play every position um, besides put his hand in the dirt. Um, he can block, um, you know, and do it all, really. Devontae Parker, when he's healthy, does it all. He, he He's a big body on the outside that'll run straight and jump over anybody and catch the ball. Um, he'll play outside and, and run a screen. I've seen him run screens. He'll play inside and he'll come down on a wham block and, and blow somebody up at the line for the running back. And he runs slants just as well as anybody on the team. Um, so I think that what he brings to the offense at this point is going to be more tuned towards, you know, on the outside, 50-50 balls, um, getting leverage on guys, good footwork, doing all that, and scoring touchdowns. Uh, But don't sleep on the fact that if they need to, you know, stack him and Preston Williams on one side of the ball or go trips right or something like that, he's going to throw a block or, you know, he can play inside and play slot. So I think he can provide a lot more for the offense um, and he's a fast guy. I mean, I remember specifically one time I was just talking about this game in Buffalo 2016 on Christmas Eve when we won to clinch a playoff spot. He caught a little, like, eight-yard, nine-yard route, crossing route, um, bounced off a linebacker, did a 360, and brought it to the house like 65 yards. So so he can actually do a lot more than just catch 50-50 ball. So um, he's, he's more – he's – I'm going to take a shot at Michael Thomas. Sorry. Um, he's more than a, just a 5, 10-yard catch-the-ball kind of guy. He's a, he's a anywhere from a screen pass to, you know, Randy Moss, somebody 60 yards down the field. So um, I think he, he, he does a lot more than what you just saw in that one year last year. Yeah. Uh, he started off slow, took a little bit to figure out the offense, kind of get back into his groove because really – I mean, before last year, he kind of had a year off. Or, or uh, Gase didn't really use him for whatever reason. Um, so I remember when we drafted him, I was excited for, for Devontae Parker. Um, because of his body, his frame, he can play physical. He can play in the slot. He's fast. He's big. He can get jump balls. He could <clears throat> outrun a lot of guys. Um, like, a lot of people talk about Julio Jones and – DeAndre Hopkins, some of these guys who are just, they're so big and they're so fast, they're hard to cover. Devontae Parker has that potential. Um, He's got all the skill set. He's got the physical. He's got the speed. Um, So there's no reason he can't be a top guy. He could play all over the field, like you said, um, in the slot on the outside, stack him up. He could throw a block. um, Make a guy miss, run over a guy. So he, if the ball comes his way, and he continues off the way he played last year and improves upon that, see it this year. And you're gonna he's gonna be a top guy that you talk about with these Julio Jones and, and DeAndre Hopkins. Um, because he has it. He just he just needs to get the ball and, and improve uh a little bit um in in his game. I mean, we're lucky to have him compared to who went before him in the draft. Do you remember what wide receiver went before him? Wasn't it Sammy Watkins? No. To the Bears. Oh, Kevin White. Yeah, boss, dude. He was hurting his first year, and ever since then, he hasn't done nothing, you know, so. Was uh, Sammy Watkins in that draft? No. 
I think it was the draft right before it. Oh. Uh, okay. But, um... <laughs> um, so that brings me to number three. Uh, a guy we kind of talked about real quick, Eric Rowe. His versatility for this team on this defense. Uh, I know I've talked about him quite a quite a bit, um, but I'll just t- touch up on it again. Uh, he's, you know, like we said, the guy who's going to cover tight ends this year, and that might be his only role, and that might be fine. That's going to be fine because that's where he saved his career really last year, uh, like we've said before. But if we need to, he could play in the corner because he's played corner before. He knows the, the the position really well. He could play in the slot. He could play on the outside. He could really play both safety positions. Um, he could play over the top, cover receiver, cover a tight end. And I think, like I said, said a lot, he'll be on those tight ends a lot. Um, I don't think we'll really see him at corner this mu- that much this year or even in the slot because of all these other guys that we have. Um, so I, you'll definitely see him 99% of the time at safety. Um, I mean, you might see him at the slot. I shouldn't say that. If the tight end's in the slot, you'll probably see him in the slot. Um, but I don't think you'll see him on the outside a lot. Uh, it'll, like, I just I lost my train of thought. Um, he'll be at the safety position covering tight ends. Um, I mean, yeah, we've talked about him a lot, so I don't really have too much more to say on there or add on to it. We're one-take gang, dude. Always one-take because it's just got to be that raw that raw emotion when it comes to the Dolphins. It's all good, dude. Um, but I think there's not really much to say besides <laughs> the fact that, you know, he sucks at corner, but at least he gives you – Now, I don't want to say he sucks at corner because, like, I suck at corner, okay? But, like, <laughs> but, like he – is not better off at this point in his career. He's he's probably lost a little bit of speed. You know, he's gone through his fair share of injuries. But, um, you know, if he has to, though, if it came down to it, he can. But the most important thing is he can play safety. He's going he's gonna to crack somebody over the middle if he has to. And he's going to do the most important job, one of the most important jobs on the defense, besides the DN setting the edge. Um he is going to guard tight ends because in this day and age, it's very important. And we have a we have a pretty decent tight end division. I mean, we don't know what's going to turn out for the Patriots as far as uh, their rookies. And I know they signed a veteran, and, and it's slipping my mind. It's like right on the tip of my tongue, um, the tight end that they signed. But um, Chris Herndon is, is a pretty – he's probably a top 10 tight end in the league when he's healthy. So, um, And then um, – Dawson Knox is pretty good, and the Bills have another tight end who's coming off an, a, a year of injury. So, um, you know, just in our division, and then if you think about who who we're going to go up against um, this year, Travis Kelsey, um, um, uh, Henry, Hunter Henry. Like, so we, we, we're going up against some pretty good tight ends this year. So um, he's going to be he's going to be important. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. He's gonna he's gonna have a huge impact on this defense um, this year, and he'll 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 be a guy that you'll notice whether he's playing good or he's not because he's oh, got Matt one of the most. Is that who you're thinking of? Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know why. I, I guess I thought it was somebody more more older. Yeah. Benjamin Watson last year. Yeah. Yeah. But um, yeah, he'll he'll be a guy that you notice if he if he's doing well or if he's not because he's gonna have one of the most important roles on this defense this upcoming season. Um yeah, and then let's see who else is important. I need to talk about somebody on the defense. Um, let's talk about Christian Wilkins because I think that he got kind of stuck. In that like nose tackle three technique type deal last year, but this year he's gonna have a chance to do what he did at Clemson, and that's you know bounce around the D line and do more. He's he probably you won't see him um, standing up or anything like that, but you know you might see him from a one to a five technique, um, and I think that will be good for him because he likes to jump up and bat passes down. Um, 
and he likes to, you know, get to the quarterback. And he did well with that at Clemson when he played there for four years. Um, so I think that the more than the fact that he's versatile, um, the chance that he will have or the fact that he will have a chance to show us that he's versatile in the NFL is going to be the most important thing because he's going to be able to play nose tackle, even though he's a little small, all the way out to, you know, not Deion, but probably um, nose up on tackle, you know, so. Um, and he's probably one of my favorite players on the team right now because, like, just the fact that he goes and um, celebrates with the team when they score touchdowns and, and or, like, an interception or something like that, like, he's just fun to watch and he's 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 fun to have on, on your favorite team, so. Um, I don't know if you saw the uh, video of when he got mic'd up, but yeah. th- that was so oh. funny, dude. He was I thought like, you were gonna say when he got drafted and like oh, yeah. jumped up. Like, that Adele. too, yeah, that too. That's yeah. A fun guy. But in the um, in the yeah. in college, real quick, just sorry, but he had oh. his freshman year. He had um, two sacks, four and a half tackles for loss. The next year, he had thirteen tackles for loss, which is which is huge. That it doesn't matter if it's on the quarterback or not. That might as well be thirteen sacks because that's somebody losing yards, um, and three and a half sacks. And then he followed that up with two five plus sack seasons. So, um, and and his first year was his only year that he was actually listed as a D tackle. The rest of the years he was um, listed as defensive line in general because he plays everywhere. So um, that's a good way to to um, break it down because he. Um, played everywhere, and he ended up having 16 sacks, 40 and a half tackles for loss, and a, a total of 192 tackles in his college career. So, um, I think he's going to have a big year this year. Brings up an, uh, an interesting point, which you said the tackle for loss thing. I, I feel like a lot of people don't give tackle for loss the credit that it's deserved. I mean, like you said, a tackle for loss is like the sack of a running back. Um, really because he's losing yards he's not going anywhere uh besides backwards so that is a huge stat that i don't feel like a lot of people look at as much as maybe they should being in the backfield and getting a tackle for loss same thing as when they draw holding penalties think about that that's a 10 yard sack right there yeah for real um wilkins yeah he it's going to play all over the D-line. I'm excited for him. I think with the additions of some of these other guys, it'll open things up more for him to move around um, rather than last year where we didn't have as much ability and versatility on this defense. So we have in Emmanuel Ogba and Shaq Lawson, you might see him get pushed out a little further or pushed in. You know, if it's like third and long or second and long, you know, passing down, you might see him in a one-tack. Uh, and just trying to, you know, have the shortest distance to the quarterback, just getting straight up in there. But if it's like a running situation, you might see him out in a four tech as more of these bigger bodies come in. Um, so really, you know, you think of one to four tech doesn't seem that much, or one to five tech, if you will, doesn't seem that much, but really is a lot. And he's going to be moving around a lot all over, flipping sides with Devon Gotcha, um, just confusing, confusing offensive lines and, and you know, having them pick and choose who they're going to double team, where they're going to go um, and just making plays at the line of scrimmage and in the backfield and talking junk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, what else you got? So Malcolm Perry. Yes. Malcolm Perry just signed his contract. He played quarterback at Navy. Um, that's not really saying much though, because Navy doesn't really throw the ball. Um, not any so worse than really... Georgia Tech, though. That again? Georgia Tech is even worse than that. True. Um, he's listed as a running back because he ran the ball like 200 more times than he threw the ball last year. Um, but he did play quarterback. So with him at running back, he's going to be in the backfield. Um, but he also had – not last year, I don't believe he caught – any passes actually but before that he did get a decent amount of catches and had a few touchdowns um and and the longer plays actually in the in the receiving game so he's a guy that he could potentially line up in the slot um he could 
he'll line up at backfield and the running back next to the quarterback or in an eye formation. Um, he could come out of the backfield and catch. But really what I'm interested in is what I hope they do is they put him back there and have him line up as the quarterback and do a wildcat or read option type thing or even surprise guys and throw it. So you got a guy who can run the ball, can catch the ball, and has the ability to throw the ball decently well. Uh, it's going to confuse the hell out of defenses if he if you show that if if he's back there lined up at I mean maybe if you line him up at running back and direct stat to him you could do so much so many trick plays with him and Jakeem Grant and Albert Wilson kind of like how we saw Adam Gase do it a few years ago with those two but then you throw Malcolm Perry and he's got the ability to throw the ball if they really want to they could get really creative with this offense and some of these these guys that they have I think it's interesting that Malcolm Perry is like not that fast but everybody can't get like can't get enough of this guy. So um, I'm excited to see what he brings to the table. I watched a little bit of his highlights, but you know it's not really gonna translate the same. I don't know if it's like the level of talent that they go against when they play Navy. I know I know they play some bigger teams, but not like SEC or anything. But I'm interested to see what Malcolm Perry brings to the table for the Dolphins this year for sure. Um, I think uh, like a scat back type deal would be huge if you know or like uh even if he plays some wildcat you know what i mean that would be huge yeah. that would be huge um and i think that's what chan gailey is here for and maybe that's just like a player that he was you know like who knows who who somebody was over there and said like let's get a guy like malcolm perry on our team so um, um that's one of the what that's probably one of the biggest question marks on the team but not a bad way not a bad way Maybe, yeah for hopefully, sure cause hopefully he returns bonds jesus could do that too um, but yeah i mean like i, I sorry i no you're good like you're good i'm just i hope we use him in multiple different ways because i would do so much for this offense and open up so many things if you if you put him like in at quarterback and have jakeem come in motion but you have wilson right next to him or you have Matt Bereda and I, like if you put Grant Wilson and Bereda all these fast guys around Malcolm Perry and you do like some trick plays you have him you know take a step back and throw the ball like it could it could be crazy and really fun to watch wait so hear me out you got Malcolm Perry at quarterback you got Jakeem Grant and fill in the blank but let's just go with Matt Bereda on his right side and they run a freaking triple option and just start blowing teams up with this triple option. That would be sick. That'd be awesome. That'd be so fun to watch. Like, bring the triple option back to the NFL. Because I know, like, uh, um, Lamar runs an option, but I don't know if they even run a triple option, but that would be crazy. Um, what if they, What is that formation that's like a diamond? It's not the pistol. Full house? Is it full? I've never heard anybody call it that. But anyways, what if like you add Chandler Cox to the mix, dude, and then he's just pounding people in their face, you know, rapping. Let's call the full house in Madden. Is it? Is it? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Right. So I'm just saying, like, I know that's not gonna happen, but just like a little food for thought. You got like Malcolm Perry under center, to his his right, like back half back. You got um, Brita, and you got. Chandler Cox, and then all the way back you got Grant, and then you run a triple option with a lead blocker of um, um, Chandler Cox, and then you got like Eric Flowers pulling or somebody. You're gonna like, you'll probably murder somebody if you if that like that would be crazy. Um, but anyways, stop uh, fantasizing. Yeah, <laughs> we have plenty of Madden experience. I mean, I swear. Yeah. <laughs> Um, no, it does not work in Madden. For the record, like Madden really needs to fix their crap because I'm I'm getting I'm getting mad at the fact that these dudes. I don't want to get off into much of a tangent, but these guys on all Madden really be doing something that you can't like. It's never gonna happen. Anyways, um, continuing to versatile players on the Dolphins, Bobby McCain. I like Bobby McCain as a slot corner for multiple reasons. He's a ball hawk. He will punch you in your face. He's not afraid of anybody. And he is awesome in the run game. Nobody wants to talk about how good he is in the run game. But Bobby McCain. Bobby McCain? Yeah, he's good in the run game. I'm telling you, bro. I was watching. I was 
I'm gonna, I'm gonna go on Game Pass after this, and, and he got hurt. What? He got hurt in the run game last year. Oh well, yeah, that doesn't mean he's not good in the run game though. No, but I mean I don't want him to get hurt again. You don't want Preston Williams returning punts because he might get hurt again. But I don't. I don't. But I don't like Bobby at safety. <laughs> like I don't know. I don't know. I just like. It's a very so he's a feisty one. player. But he's regardless, regardless, he's <laughs> versatile. Okay, he plays. He plays safety. He's really good at corner. He can, you know, he he was hurt last year, but he was playing through an injury. If you go back and watch, I think he played six weeks with that thing that ties your arms so you can't overextend it. I think he played yeah. six weeks with that on. So like he's a baller. He's a captain of the team. Um. You know, but the fact that he can play corner, he can play nickel, he can he can cover tight ends, which I don't know if he's necessarily good there, and he's a safety now. Um, he's versatile. He's very versatile. Um, but I like Bobby. Don't get me wrong. I just I just think his best his best spot is nickel cornerback personally. Yeah, I, I agree. His best spots in the slot, um, playing corner in these nickel and dime packages. Um, I think he'll get used at safety, obviously, as well. Um, but, I mean, I don't want him playing in the run game. Feisty player. He's aggressive, but not, he gets he get flushed out a lot. Can I just talk about the fact that Rashad Jones is still a, a free agent? Like, that really breaks my heart. Rashad Jones. What? He was a baller. He was, a, he was the heart and soul of the defense with Cam Wake for a while. Like, if you flip into the end zone after getting a pick six multiple times, two weeks in a row, you're 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 the man. He had – I remember I used to get so mad, like, every year. He would – I think there was one year he led all safeties and tackles or something, and, like, he didn't get voted to the Pro Bowl. And I used to get so mad that he would never go to the Pro Bowl. He was – like, he was always underrated. No one realized how good he was, and he was, like – the best, one of the best safeties in the league, like better yep. than. What position did Bobby McCain play in 2018? I'll give you a hint. Not, not safety. You want to know how many tackles he, tackles he had? 61. <laughs> Don't tell me he can't tackle. He can tackle. I mean, there's a difference between tackling and stuffing a run. What do you think that was all on, on receivers? No. Okay. I mean, I hope not. That just means they're getting open on him. <laughs> he had two sacks in 2018. Not on running backs, I know, but I'm just saying. <laughs> Put him at strong. Put him at strong safety. Screw it. Put him at strong safety. Screw it. Put him in the box. Put him in the one. box. How tall is he? I'm feeling. Eight? I'm feeling. I'm feeling. He's five eleven. He's he? not that small, dude. He's almost. Is he really? Pounds. Yeah, he's not that. No small. way. Five eleven, dude. Come on, we talked about this all before the draft. What is Miami going to do? They're going to get themselves a uh, corner that's over six feet tall. And on a good day in Miami, see, he's probably six foot tall with his cleats on. So I'm just saying. Okay. Holy shit. He is 5'11". He's still only 26. That dude's young still. That's what I'm saying. Some of these guys are, are like... You know, what do you got to play? Three years in college, so you go to college at 18. If you're young, you're getting drafted at 20, 21. I mean, Juju got drafted before he had his license. He was 20 years old, so. Yeah. Um, and not that you have to get your license but when you're 21, but I'm just saying he didn't have his license. He was young, so. All right, give me your, give me your player. I know you're really excited about this next person. Um, I just know who you're going to pick. I just know who it is. Before I say that, can I just say something? You brought up Juju. Do you like Juju? Yes. Yes. Bring him to Miami. Dude, I... Don't... I, do, I will end this podcast if you say you do not like Juju. I swear. I don't. How? But, dude, why, he, I think he's so overrated. Oh, my God. But he's he's the GOAT. Oh, he's, he's not even that good. He's the GOAT. Imagine him and Devontae Parker together. He's a big I mean, like, slot, I, I, dude. Like, he's a big I slot. See... Okay, he's not that good, but, I mean, he's cool. <laughs> like, he's a cool dude. Yeah, okay, yeah. A lot of people <laughs> like him just he's a cool dude. He but... plays Fortnite, dude. So... Oh, okay, so does Tariq Ty- Cohen. You want know, Tariq Cohen? I can't wait till the people on Twitter listen to this tomorrow, and they t- they're, like, wondering what we got into before this, because this is wild. 
I like it though. I, we're not I, we're not like reading out of a book. I can't stand it, dude. There's this one guy that I used to listen to all the time, and now it sounds like he's reading me a, a, a like an article out of a newspaper. I can't stand it. But anyways, bring Juju to Miami. Him and Tua are, are bros. Get him out of the hellhole they call Pittsburgh. Yeah, dude. Oh, all right. <clears throat> anyway, we hate Pittsburgh. If you haven't noticed. Yeah. So yeah, Pittsburgh, New England, Buffalo. I hate the Ravens, dude. I don't hate a team more in the NFL than the Ravens. Really? I I don't mind the Ravens. So it's a little different now with like Lamar because I like Lamar Jackson. But when it was um, when if when it was like I don't I don't like Harbaugh first of all, but when it was Joe Flacco there and like they would have like people like. Gus Edwards and Alex Collins run for a hundred yards and blow us out forty to zero, dude. That oh, man. Ever since they beat us in the playoffs in 08, dude, I can't stand them. I hate that. Dude, talk about playoff losses to the Steelers. That oh, hit. I was there, dude. Free on Matt Moore. Oh. <laughs> Yo, I was in the top bowl, so I was in three hundreds, but I was the first row, so I was like looking down in the field. And I was behind the Dolphins bench, and I was screaming at the top of my lungs, put Tannehill in! Because we had, like, TJ Yates or something. <laughs> yeah. Holy, imagine if he had to play the rest of that game. No, yes, That'd it was TJ Yates. It was not David Phelps. Don't even ask. <laughs> that would have been rough. Um, all right, back on topic, back on track. A guy... I love versatile players, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Big defensive guy. Uh, a guy that I don't know, besides Brandon Jones, this guy might be just as versatile. Uh, Kyle Van Noy. Uh, where where do I start? That. What's that? You're going to regret saying that. This dude is the Why? most versatile player on the on the team, probably. Kyle Van Noy, He might play quarterback, dude. You never know. <laughs> I don't know about that one. Um, Kyle Van Noy, like, this guy who could play in the middle. He could stop the run. He could cover. He could play on the outside. He could line up uh, in, like, a seven tech on the outside of a tackle or tight end. He could rush the passer. Like, he is so – anywhere in the front seven besides pretty much the nose tackle, Kyle Van Noy could play. Um, he's going to help out so much. He's going to teach – Jerome Baker, Raekwon McMillan, Shaq Lawson. He's going to help mold these guys because he could do what all of them can do individually well. Like, Jerome Baker's good at covering. Raekwon's good at uh, stuff in the run. And Shaq Lawson's good at pass rushing. Kyle Vanoy could do all three of those just as good, if not better, than each of those guys in that individual spot. Like... I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know what else. I don't know if there's more to say. I mean, I might just end it at that. There's not. Like, there's not more to say, and that's why we we basically. I don't want to say we overpaid for him, but you know, we probably were like basically the only team really in the running. I think. I think it was like a. Written in stone before it even happened, dude. Because Miami was gonna outbid anybody. He he. You know, he maximized his talent. Brian Flores maximized his talent. Um, they're a good pair. He's going to change the defense. Um, he's going to take the pucker out of my you-know-what when it's third and nine, and I have that just bad feeling in my stomach that you know the team's going to convert, and he's going to be the guy who ultimately gives me that confidence besides probably the next most versatile player on the Dolphins defense besides Kyle Vinoy, which is Brandon or Byron Jones. Yeah, Brandon Jones. We already talked about him. Jones Byron Jones. Player. I think he's probably the second most versatile player on the defense. Um, you know, he played his first half of his career as a safety. Um, he has the world record. I don't know if he still does for standing long jump. Um, and now he's a lockdown safety. And, and while you are talking about what you think about Byron Jones, I'm going to pull up this thing that I hope I can find, which was just basically, I'm sure you've seen it, what he did against top-tier 
wide receivers in the NFL, and it is just absolutely oh. ridiculous. Like I, I know. Like I don't even know what to say. The man has not had an interception in two full NFL seasons, but he is still putting up the most ridiculous numbers I have ever seen in my life. Like these dudes are not even catching balls against Byron Jones, and I just don't understand. I mean, like, even if he doesn't get a pick, like, that's not necessarily a bad thing. I mean, he's just not getting the ball thrown his way. So listen to this. Like, 2018, Michael sure. Thomas, zero receptions. 2018, Julio Jones, one reception, 19 yards. 2018, Odell, zero receptions, five targets. Uh, Brandon Cooks and Robert Woods in 2019. So the rest of these are going to be last year. Two catches, 19 yards. That is two... I'm not going to say top tier, but like mid tier wide receivers, but the top guys in LA being that Cooper Cup was hurt. Uh, John Brown, one reception, six yards. Guess who he's got to face next year? John Brown. Uh, Stefan Diggs, one reception, 11 yards. Guess who he's got to face next year? Stefan Diggs. Um, Elshon Jeffrey, he was hurt last year, but he's still nine feet tall and one of the better receivers in the league a few years ago. Zero receptions. And again, Michael Thomas last year. During his record-breaking year, where he got targeted 85,000 times and caught 150 balls or 185 balls, whatever the hell he caught, on slant passes, two receptions for 21 yards. Now tell me why you're going to throw the ball at Byron Jones. Now... Throw the ball at Xavier Howard, and the man's gonna have twelve interceptions next year. <laughs> yeah, Holy I was just thinking crap, that, dude! I can't get over. I was it. just thinking that Byron Jones is locking up these guys. Quarterbacks aren't gonna throw him the ball, and then you got one of the best ball hawking corners in the league, Xavier Howard, just having fun. It's gonna be a good year. Picking off the ball. It's gonna be a good First year. players. Um, have you noticed that Noah and Austin Jackson have not signed their deals yet? Are they really not? No. To bring that up, I, I realize I haven't seen that that have, so I guess I would mean that they haven't. It's just weird. If I Surprise. Seen that they but anyways, that was a long. I was like, yeah. Happy Forget. Hump Day, everyone. Forget. Fins up, I guess. That's how I'm gonna end it. Fins up. I'm not even gonna say the rest of it. Follow me on Twitter. Say it, say it, say it, say it, say it. Dude. Say fins up. Say fins up. Oh, me? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> fins up.